huge Broncos win, and we're going to get into everything here in just a second. But before we do, shout out to Strava Craft Coffee. It's National Coffee Week, and to celebrate that, Strava is offering a 30% coupon to all DNVR listeners. If you haven't tried this CBD-infused coffee, you got to try it. Not only will it give you that early morning jolt that you're looking for, but it might help you with some aches and pains. It might lower those coffee jitters that you hate. There's tons of reasons to check out Strava Craft Coffee. And when you do this week, you can use that code DNVR30 and get 30% off. Yeah, that's 30% off when you use that code DNVR30. It's an awesome deal, and we've got an awesome show planned for you. So let's play that funky music. Broncos win. Broncos win. Stop the presses. The Broncos have won, and we've got an awesome show planned for you today. Of course, I'm joined by my guy, Zach Stevens. But look at who else we have. No, not Mile High Joe. But (laughs) the BDP of the game, the BD podcaster of the game. (laughs) It's Brandon Perna. Guys, welcome into the show. Uh, What a game. What a game. The Broncos are in the win category in just a fun game. I mean, it is so fitting to have Perna joining us today. And man, how fun was that game? The Broncos, I mean, we, we had it all, guys. We had a pick six. We had a Joe Flacco sighting. We had it all. What's up, guys? Yeah, I will, I will take personal credit for summoning Joe Flacco to the field in the most respectable respectful way possible as Sam Darnold did not suffer a horrible injury. He came back into the game, but we still got to see Joe Flacco go perfect two for two, 16 yards, Joey Flacco. And then the Broncos get a win against the Jets, who we can confirm are the worst team in the league. I don't think there's anybody who would argue with that, but it feels like the Broncos won a wild card game. That's how <laughs> starved we were to see something. And they put up 37 points. Brett Rippon scored the Jets six points. And so when I had Ryan on the podcast and I said the Broncos were going to score 28, I underestimated them. Uh, fourth time. Fourth. Fourth time in the post-Peyton Manning era that the Broncos have scored 37 Points or more. The sad part is I feel like you can probably name all those games if you think hard enough. Uh, You've got Drew Locke last year. You've got the uh, Thursday night game against the Cardinals. You've got the blowout of the Cowboys with the Akib Tlaib pick six late in the game. And now you have, excuse my language, Big Dick Brett (laughs) going out there and leading the Broncos to a 37-point performance on Thursday night football. The Broncos should just play on Thursday night every week. Uh, and they might score this many points more. Two things that are just absolutely incredible about that. You had three interceptions from your quarterback, and we're still able to do that. And on top of that, speaking of the quarterback, BDP, some people here call him pretty ripping. Guys, (laughs) who, who knows if he's the starter next week? As Vic Fangio just said, 
not announcing him as a starter uh, after I coming do. off a win. I know. <laughs> I know he's the starter. If they don't start him, I boycott. I, I don't want to start thinking about this type of stuff because I'm just trying to live in the moment just here. Just enjoy this win for 24 hours. This was already, you know, an exhilarating game somehow, some way. But late in the game, I realized earlier this week, my buddy texted me. He said, I've hit three legs of a four-leg parlay. I have $1,000 if I win it. Or I can take a $400 buyout now. All I need to hit is Broncos minus two and a half. What should I do? And I said, my guy, you cannot have $1,000 riding on this Broncos game. You need to take the $400 and run and get the hell out of there. And that was the last I heard from him. Well, after the game kicks off, he texts me and says, I didn't take the buyout. So now I've got this extra like emotional tie to this game because I want my guy to win. And late in the game, the Broncos are up by two. All they need to do is run out the clock. And I swear to you, Seven seconds before the play, I text him, you just need a broken tackle touchdown on a run. And Melvin Gordon goes <laughs> and gets the long touchdown to cover the spread. And when my guy, wow. I was going crazy in the DNVR bar. I'd also told everyone around me, so everyone else was tied in to it. Uh, so just let's try to dive into this a little more. Of course, First, we have to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. Head over to msudenver.edu slash online today to check out all they have to offer. We're talking 750 classes, anything you're interested in. MSU Denver has something for you. We've got people here at DNVR who have been trying out MSU Denver, and they love it. So check out msudenver.edu slash online today to see all they have to offer. All right, fellas, where do you start with this one? Like, I... I look up at the scoreboard. I see the Broncos have 37 points. I see that they didn't have any really like fluky touchdowns. And I want to give Brett Rippon so much credit. And I think he does deserve it. But like he also almost lost them the game. How did he? I don't know. How did like what do you make of this, Zach? What do you make of the performance from Brett Rippon? Well, it was it was pretty darn good, I gotta say, except when you have two interceptions, one going for a pick six in four passing attempts. You take that out. And and he was really good. I mean, I loved what he was doing in the first half. It's just like we said, just dink and dunk, dink and dunk. And then he did get, I, I thought he got lucky with that Judy touchdown. Uh, that could have easily been an interception. But that's why you throw it up to your number one draft picks, right? So, I mean, he gave his playmaker an opportunity there. So not an entirely bad decision there. So when he went deep, he went to the right guys. And just take those four passing attempts out. And then he finishes the game with more touchdowns than interceptions. So overall, pretty impressed with him. You just can't can't have three. I mean, how often does it happen where you throw three interceptions, score 37 points, and win? <laughs> Only when you play the Jets. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but this yeah, he, was, uh, Go ahead, Perna. He, I mean, he basically had three and a half bad throws in the game. And they all they all just resulted in the worst outcome. That sideline toe-tapping pick when I don't know who he was throwing to and why he didn't just throw it away. Um, and then, of course, the, the late two. But other than that, for a guy making his first NFL start, like you're just nitpicking if you're trying to find bad things. And compared to what we've seen the last few weeks, it was uh, – it was like getting an injection of good QB steroids right into our veins. 
Yeah, I said it on I, I said it throughout the week. I think I said it on your show, Perna. I said it on bets today. I said, look, Brett Rippon, not a great arm, but I truly believe that he leads the team in what I was calling DPP dimes per practice. He at least once a practice throw makes a throw that you say, like, oh my God, that couldn't have been more perfect. And he did that in this game. I mean, the second touchdown to Tim Patrick is a literal perfect throw. Yes, it got tipped, but it was it was put in a position where you could only get just enough tip on it not to break up the pass. Uh, then he throws the one down to Tim Patrick later down the sidelines that ends up being huge uh, on what ended up being the game-winning drive. I was so impressed with what he did, especially with the Jets. No thanks to Greg Williams out there just trying to decapitate him at every opportunity they could. Six personal fouls on the Jets. I mean – Forget how how crappy they are. They're poorly coached. They're undisciplined, uh, and and I would argue dirty. I think that they le- legitimately were trying to take Brett Rippon out of the game because they knew it was easy to beat Jeff Driscoll. Like I was saying all week, you have to start Jeff, uh, Brett Rippon because it's easy to beat Jeff Driscoll. By the way, it's it's ironic that in the one game that Jeff Driscoll wasn't the backup quarterback or the starting quarterback, they run a play that's to his strengths. But that's that's aside from the point. I just, you know, this was certainly as much about the Jets being bad as it was about the Broncos having a good game. But it has to feel so, so good for those guys to get a win in this position. I mean, you can you can rag on the Jets as much as you possibly want, and most of it would probably be right. But the Broncos are in such a bad position as a football team right now. Without five of their six pro bowlers, without their starting quarterback, without their best offensive player without their best defensive player without their highest paid offensive player i mean it's just there's so much going against them right now i truly believe that this win can be powerful for them moving forward to just build up some confidence i mean look at bradley chubb three sacks that's got to be huge for his confidence yeah he's got to feel absolutely great after that and as vic fangio said after the game Winning has cured more ills than penicillin. And boy, when you have 10 days off before your next game, you're coming off a win. You're just viewing yourself as 1-0 and with some time off. You're absolutely right. This is just a huge game for the Broncos. Now you're done with the quarter of the season, and coaches like to always break it up into seasons. Well, you finish the quarter 1-0, and and that's certainly how the Broncos will be looking at it the next 10 days. Uh, do do not take that medical advice seriously, though, from Vic Fangio. Uh, penicillin has definitely cured more than winning. That you is- know what? For for me, though, it may winning actually no, may Jack, cure more. <laughs> you will not sit here and spread more bad medical information to the public. But here's the thing: I'm allergic to penicillin. Oh, well, that's you the Broncos know. were allergic to winning until tonight. Fair enough. There's a t- there's a time for change. Um, real quick, I'll go ahead. Every single one of Brett Rippon's most impressive throws all went to Tim Patrick. That was one of my observations. Every time he threw like the perfect pack pass, it was a Tim Patrick. Also, Patrick played well too. Um, and Rippon maybe throws that one to Hamilton just a little long. Hamilton looked like he got a little tangled up in his own route, but, uh, that would have been, if he connects there, that would have been just another huge play. We'd be talking about basically saving the game at that point, too. All right. Well, there's an old phrase. This ball ain't going to dunk itself. So let me go through a couple things here. One, 
We said, especially me, but I think Zach was in agreement with me from the offseason. The Broncos didn't need to bring in any backup quarterback. They just needed to roll with Brett Rippon. Um, everyone I talked to that knew anything about Brett Rippon said he's completely prepared to be the backup quarterback. So the Broncos wasted $2.5 million uh, on Jeff Driscoll by just not trusting Brett Rippon, which I don't know why they didn't. But here's the other one. And everyone, this is, this is like the Globetrotters. We're just going to be throwing this thing off the backboard and just dunking it one after another. You know whose name was not called in a negative way tonight, Zach? Who? Damar Dotson. <laughs> Damar oh. freaking Dotson. <laughs> How simple could this be? I just, I'm going to try not to, to lose my mind here because the Broncos won and, and they deserve credit and everyone should be happy. But I'm losing my mind because Damar Dotson was so very clearly a better option than Elijah Wilkinson. And I'll also say this. During the week, I said, of course, DeMar Dotson's going to look great because the Jets' pass rush is trash. But forget that. He was so clearly just more fundamentally sound, not grabby. Everything he did was superior to Elijah Wilkinson. And, and it's not like this should be an epiphany for the Broncos coaching staff. We said this from the day that they signed him. He should be starting. I'm gonna, I'm going to go crazy. I got one more for you, too. I got one more for you. Devontae Bosby. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yeah, let's Bosby just middle that. Like three great pass breakups. Could have had a, an interception. But when they let, let him go and then put him on the practice squad, that decision didn't make sense to me. And then once A.J. Boye goes down and they're just like, now nah, we're going to roll with the rookies. <laughs> When you had a sample size from Bo from Bosby last year, like that puzzled me, and it, I always like when it makes me look correct too. So uh, Bosby playing really well uh, is going to boost my ego at least for for a week here. Too. Well, and the, and the thing with Bosby is, Vic said I knew once we were putting more pressure on Darnold and had to bring more guys that I didn't want to put all that pressure on a rookie in the second half. Why are you putting the pressure on the rookie that much pressure against the Steelers last week against Tom Brady? It does not make sense. We've seen this guy just ball this past year and a half since he's been on the team. And same with DeMar Dotson. It's just head scratching. And it's also just head scratching again that the Broncos got to their third string quarterback before they got to their best right tackle on the roster. But hey, they finally did it. And Elijah Wilkinson is on IR, so he will not be able to come back for a couple of weeks. And if DeMar Dotson continues to play this well, or even worse than he did today, he should still be the right tackle. Yeah, it's just, I mean, Zach, it's kind of concerning how many times over the last two years we've been right about what players the Broncos should be playing and the coaching staff has been wrong. I mean, we're talking Drew Locke. We're talking Alexander Johnson. We're talking Devontae Bosby last year. We're talking Devontae Bosby this year. We're talking DeMar Dotson. We're, I, we're like, the list goes on and on and on and on. And it's a little bit concerning to me, but okay. I'm going to, let's just try to wash that away. Uh, the player of the game tonight and our DraftKings king of the game has to, just has to go to Bradley Chubb. And what, what a great game. From him, three. This is this is two and a half sacks. I'm not buying it. That was three sacks, uh, three sack game for Devonte Bosby and or sorry for Bradley Chubb. And man, uh, it has to feel really good for him because he's been frustrated throughout this season. He's not been a hundred percent like most of the Broncos roster. And for him to break through in this game, 
even though you know it, it is a, a weak opponent, just has to feel so good for him. Yeah, it was a huge. And, and on top of that, the biggest thing in that stat line, which wasn't even mentioned, was the the game ceiling sack. That was huge. That won the Broncos game. Who knows if he doesn't get that? How this game ends up? It's probably certainly not a two possession win by the Broncos. So absolutely huge. And this is a game that can just get him going. And now he has 10 days to feel better. Now Vic said he's still not back to where he was, but man, 10 days after this coming off a good game, he may be getting close to a hundred percent. Um, I thought Chubb played very well, obviously. I think that are they giving him a half sack for the Sam Darnold self sack? Probably. I, maybe, I, but that's a full ass sack. Maybe, but let's let's also remember he was playing against a, an injured Makai Becton coming in for the other guy who got injured, and then the Jets had even more injuries on the offensive line. But it might be just the thing to get like the confidence in terms of how you feel physically back on that that knee. And I think so much of returning from an injury like that is just learning to trust it again. So. Maybe this propels him, but if you can get that kind of production out of Chubb again, uh, you know, moving forward, the Broncos need that. And at times in this game, too, when the Jets kind of made their comeback, the pass rush looked like it disappeared. But I do want to say Fangio and Ed Donatel brought more blitzes in this game. So that was nice to see. And after Sam Darnold cranked out that first 50 plus yard touchdown run, uh, I thought all hell was going to break loose in just in terms of an embarrassing loss. And the fact that I guess the team didn't get dejected after that, which has kind of been a theme, except for, you know, the Buccaneers game, they just got beat. But that was what we kept saying every week. Like they're hanging in there. They're not giving up. And they got there was more injuries in this game too. Shelby Harris was dealing with, I don't know, cramps or whatever. Noah Fant goes down with an injury late, like, and they still pulled out the win again. Well, like you have to preface every positive thing you say with it was the Jets, but <laughs> like they they finished it. Yeah, here, here's the thing: the Broncos aren't the worst team in the league. That's oh, what woo. we know after They're, this game. So we can we can definitely say that they need yep. to play the Giants to see if they are <laughs> at least third over over at at minimum third worst. Can, can we play that game in Denver though? Get off that yes. awful turf. Get off MetLife and play some respectable coaches too. And I'm and not like, I don't want to keep harping on bad things but like I just don't think KJ Hamler should have been out. Like I just felt like I said early in the week you should be careful with anyone who's in, who is dealing with any sort of injury on this turf. Bradley Chubb went down for a second. I I I thought the worst. Um Noah Fant goes down with an ankle injury. And then the worst one, KJ Hamler with the hamstring. We knew that was going to be an issue. And I know you can't all you can't coach scared. And that's what a coach would tell you if you ask them why you were playing these guys tonight. But man, the way that things have been going, you saw two hamstrings go tonight. You saw all sorts of stuff out there. So thank God they oh, don't yeah. have to play on that that again. The one for the Jets was that looks that looked bad. Scary. Yeah. It looks yeah, really it bad. It it looked and but guys, why why would you even play KJ Hamler if you're actually not going to play him? Uh, yeah. I don't even know where he got hurt because I did not see him do anything before I he think got they hurt. Threw to him once, and it was it was, it was high, the and they got flagged for pass interference. So 
Yeah, uh, I mean, just a, a huge thank you from the Broncos to the Jets with yeah, just how terrible they were with all those penalties. The Jets had more penalty yards than the Broncos had rushing yards. The Jets had 118 Ooh. penalty yards. Wow. If you, a, a bunch of people in the bar were asking me, do you think they set the record for personal fouls in a game? Six. I mean, it has to be, if not, if if not the most, it's definitely in the top five, I would guess. It's It's got to be. And some of those were so clutch for the Broncos. I mean, just coming at the worst times for, for the Jets, really all game. Yeah. Okay, so let's look forward a little bit here. Uh, I want to ask you guys, the, the thing that has plagued the Vic Fangio era is teams only needing a field goal late to beat the Broncos. Today... The defense finally bowed their backs and got that stop. Again, it's the Jets. But is this something from a confidence standpoint, from a mental standpoint, that the next time they get in this situation, they're not going to be thinking, oh, God, we've blown this so many times. They're going to be thinking, hey, last time we were in this situation, we got the job done. Yeah, and because I think, as Brandon Perna would say, winning cures more ills than penicillin so i I think that's something that they'll definitely carry you can't win without penicillin (laughs) as long as you've got your quarterback throwing blocks downfield for melvin gordon to seal the game then that two-point curse the broncos have had i think is gone also that play was a broken play from the beginning and gordon runs into a wall and just bounces outside. My buddy, who's like a a giant um, Chargers fan, he's the only one I know, but he texted me. He's like, that's the Melvin Gordon I used to love. (laughs) So, like, you just need guys who are there to make plays, make plays in those critical moments. And it feels like we've seen it from half of the team either the defense makes a play late or the offense makes a play late and this time the defense did and then the offense did to seal the game so it just i don't know it felt very rewarding to it just felt complete for that to happen yeah yeah it really did and really quick speaking on those melvin gordon runs that one that touchdown run he had too was very Devonte Booker-esque, just slamming into <laughs> Nick Vanette's back before falling forward. But those are the things that worked in the Broncos' favor tonight that typically don't work in their favor. You know, typically he would run into Nick Vanette's back and then, you know, fall backwards and not get the touchdown. Then it was third and goal from the one, and then the Broncos don't get in, and then they're settling for a field goal, or they're running a little shovel pass to Jake Butt that doesn't get in, and then they're coming away with no points. But tonight... Melvin Gordon fell forward, and then the review turned out to be a touchdown. Tonight, uh, Melvin Gordon runs into the back of his offensive lineman and then is able to get away for the for the game-sealing touchdown. And honestly, guys, when Bradley Chubb got that sack and the Broncos got the ball back, uh, even in Jets' territory, only up two, I thought the Jets were still going to get another chance. So I didn't think that was like the Broncos' defense coming up with their last final stand and, and getting the win. I thought that the Broncos defense was going to be on their heels again, but the offense stepped up. So it's it's exactly what you're saying, Brandon is just every, everything came around it and they played as a complete team in this game. Are you flexing on us right now, Perna? (laughs) (laughs) Damn son. Is that just from lifting your child? 
Holding those babies give you some guns. <laughs> Damn, man. I got to have a kid. Uh, okay, so the Broncos are one and three. That's like the best compliment I've ever received. It's so. <laughs> a good note for me to just get the hell out of here. Jeez. I didn't know it was the Tanner Gun Show this weekend. Um, the Broncos are one and three now. They travel to Foxborough, uh, another trip to the east to play the New England Patriots, led by Cam Newton, this weekend. Unfortunately, as we've mentioned before, not a father-son reunion as Von Miller won't be there. But is there – okay, first of all, let's start here. Any thought in your mind, Zach, that Drew Locke could return for this game? Sure, absolutely there's a thought in the mind. But then at the the same point – I don't. I still don't want to rush him a- after this game because, as as Perna has mentioned, after this win, you still have to remind yourself it was the Jets. And is it worth it to potentially get Drew Locke if he's back at eighty percent to have him take a hit and be back at fifty percent, and then the rest of the season you're never really going to see him at a hundred percent? That's still the goal for this season: is seeing what Drew Locke is if he's your guy moving forward. And I'd hate to ruin that just trying to go two and three. But the way the Broncos could see it is the Patriots could easily be two and two after they play the Chiefs, I believe, in Arrowhead this weekend. The Broncos could say this is a beatable team. Yeah, I mean, for me, it pretty much whether the Broncos have a chance to win the game comes down to whether or not they're going to have Drew Locke uh, or or. And I'm not going to like put this on anyone, but I'll just say this without saying it. The way that they've been using Cam Newton is irresponsible. Uh, and who knows what's going to happen when they get into a huge game with the Chiefs this weekend. Because I think they have an opportunity to stick with the Chiefs, which means I feel like they're going to be a little more willy-nilly uh, with Cam Newton. So I'm not going to say what I'm saying, but you understand where I'm going with this. I think one of those two things has to happen for the Broncos to have a chance. But hey, this is the NFL, man. Anything can happen on any given Sunday. And you at least we now have 10 days to talk about the possibility that the Broncos could potentially be two and three heading into a game with the Dolphins. And if that's the case, and you very well could get Drew Locke back by that Dolphins game, the narrative around this team will do as fast as a 180 as you've seen in the NFL. Bold. Bold take. They're going to lose to the Patriots. <laughs> I never said they're going to win. Uh, that Patriots-Chiefs game will be very interesting to watch. Uh, I think you're going to learn a lot about the Patriots in that game. I feel like we already know who the Chiefs are. But, uh, yeah, I'm just – I think where we started this podcast, I'm just going to enjoy this win and not even try to think about their next opponent until, like, uh, Tuesday. I think, yeah, Tuesday I'll start to think about what the hell that means. Yeah, and and it, you do just have to really, really enjoy this one for where the Broncos were and where they were with three minutes left in the game. I mean, it, it really felt like the Broncos are going to go to 0-4 and, and we're sitting here uh, with not many. The only laughs would be at, you know, how the Broncos are the worst team in the NFL and we're about 25 minutes away from that right now. Now the Broncos on a one game win streak and they're not the worst team in the NFL. <laughs> not Broncos, the worst. Broncos will be undefeated from now until next Sunday. 
For, that's, at that's, least for, yeah. for this from right now till next Sunday, they will not lose. And and that's yeah. what you have to revel in. You know, it's like winning before a bye week always feels a little bit better. And this is as close to that as you can get. Yeah, um, it, it really is. The I gotta go do my my uh, own live stream, but uh with the one thing I wanted to say. We have you for two more minutes, Perno. We want all 30. <laughs> oh, okay. You can have me for two more minutes, but you got I two. That... I want a two-minute monologue starting okay. now. <laughs> One thing in this game that we have yet to discuss was Brett Rippon's composure after throwing two atrocious picks that put the Jets back into the game. So you can talk about, like, he threw the ball well. Uh, he looked like he could identify maybe a defense, but really – he didn't get shaken in a in a big moment, and that's like when you're evaluating quarterbacks, it's it's that intangible sort of thing that you look for and go, oh, stuff can get hairy, and this guy can can handle it. So like that's a a really nice thing to see from him. And when Drew Lock does come back and does get healthy, and you have a guy like Rippin behind him for you know however long that whole marriage will be, depending on. <laughs> what they decide to do with the backup quarterback. But knowing you have a guy like that to come in, if something happens to Drew Locke, and you got to be honest, he's been hurt twice in, you know, both of his seasons so far. So uh, that's an insurance policy that uh, I think like the Packers tried to do this off season. The Eagles did again this off season with, you know, drafting Jalen Hurts. And you just, you never know when you're going to need a guy and you don't want to see your, 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 uh, uh, season just spiral out of control because your quarterback goes down. So Drew, Drew Locke with the backup Brett Rippon or, you know, Brett Rippon becomes the starter over Drew Locke, which a bunch of people are going to try to make headlines about um, is uh, not going to happen. But I just feel so much better knowing you've got a guy back there. Was that Last, two minutes? Stop. That 30, no, 30, no, you're perfect. out. You're out. Get out of here. No, wait, before, before you go. <laughs> Before you go, and, and our guy Connor in the comments points this out, we have to give a huge amount of credit to Brandon McManus. Two oh, yeah, yeah. 50-yard field goals. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's your guy, Perna. Go ahead. That's true. I meant to say that earlier, too. I was like, oh, yeah, he kicked that 53-yarder late in the game. Uh, it was huge. Yes. Yeah, McManus has been the most consistent player for the Broncos this season. So, uh, You love to see it. Love it. The Gooch Slayer. Exactly. You're right down the Gooch. All right. Uh, we'll send you down the Gooch and away from this show. Uh, but thank you thank so you much, Perno, for joining us. See you, Perno. It was awesome. I'm ditching you, but I have stuff to do too. All right. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> well, we'll replace Brandon Perna uh, with a guy with, uh, you know, just as many jokes uh, and a duck face. We quack, got quack. Andrew Mason. What's up, Mace? Hey, how are you guys? Can you hear me? Even we, with, the, with this N95 on? We oh, got gotcha. you. Okay. Is that an N95? Yeah. That's flexing? A, that, Ryan, we have two people flexing on us in, on this pod. Isn't that the name of the the like, the like best uh, broom in Harry Potter? It, it may be. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've got a my, – my Harry Potter knowledge is not where it needs to be. It'll, it'll pick up uh, – It'll pick up the more I keep watching these move those movies with my daughter. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. But it's a very nice mask unless I do something stupid like take it off, but I'm not going to. Oh, wow. What a guy. Uh, I yeah. saw Drew Locke on the sidelines looking like a responsible young man with his mask on. Well, I mean, it, 
hey, the NFL's laying down the law. I mean, when you're talking about draft pick compensation uh, being being on the table for teams, coaches, et cetera, that violate the mask protocols, uh, the, if every if anyone was not in line, they're getting in line now because of the penalties. And also, even though we don't know how everybody in Tennessee got it, we're kind of at that moment that Major League Baseball was after the Marlins had their foul up back in August. And that got ev- the Marlins and the Cardinals after that, that seemed to get everybody on point and allowed them to save the season. So I'm actually pretty confident, guys, that even though there's that there's an outbreak with the Titans, that it's not going to be something that ends up uh, spreading around the league because I think everybody's going to – this is a reminder that everybody's got to pay attention and do the right thing. Yeah, we've got – you know. Y- you, the the commenter here said you've heard of the Peloton Prince. That's of course uh, Harrison Wynn. Uh-huh. I'm I'm going not Monarch Mace. I'm going Mallard Mace. Mallard <laughs> I Mace. Like I like it. That's, <laughs> our, guy. That's our guy. That's our guy. So Mace, we've talked uh, about a few different things here. Just overall, what's your number one takeaway from this football game? Uh, the number one takeaway to me is this is. Even though you got a helping hand from the Jets with the with the penalties, this is a reminder that while the Broncos they're not a good team, they're not among the worst teams. They're and they're certainly more competitive as they get guys back. I think they're going to have some better result. They're going to have better results. It's just it. This week, I feel like in Broncos country, understandably so. There was a great sense of panic about the state of the team and everything. Maybe this is the kind of game that set that pulls pulls everybody back from the brink here. Because yeah, the the Jets are a bad team, but ultimately they did what they needed to do. They had a heck of a lot more discipline uh, than than the Jets did. I mean, the Jets they just look they look like a poorly coached, poorly disciplined or team and organization right now you didn't see that from from the broncos and the other thing tonight is in terms of hope for the future seeing jerry judy get that touchdown uh seeing seeing tim patrick look like he can be a viable secondary target with the night that he had uh noah fant had had some spurts getting the blitz going on the defense overcoming complete breakdowns on that touchdown run that Sam Darnold had. I, I just think that there, there are a lot of moments tonight that show that while this Broncos team, it's not great, probably not a playoff team barring a miracle. This is not one of the league's worst teams. Wow. Probably not a playoff team. I (laughs) just, this one win is really flipping it for, for, for Mace seemingly, but Mace, what, one of the things that I was thinking of when you were making a lot of those points there is was this just tonight and going against the Jets and, and being so desperate for a win, or is it something moving forward? Because I think of Brett Rippon, and I think I loved what I saw from him for him to be a backup here for right. a long time on top of everything that we knew about him. But then I remember last year when Brandon Allen made his first start and, you know, a lot of people, pretty much everyone in Broncos country would say it was a magnificent start. Uh, and, and at that point, I think everyone was saying this guy could be a, a quality backup, uh, not, you know, uh, the, the guy you want starting forever, but he could be a quality backup. And then, so I, I just take a step back and say, mm-hmm. Hmm, is that the case with Brett Rippon or, or it, it, does it feel different? And then another point that that's similar to that 
is with the defense blitzing. I loved it. I loved seeing the pressure. I love seeing the pressure from both sides. I thought it was smart that the Jets were bringing pressure all the time, and I thought it was really smart that the Broncos were bringing pressure the, the whole time. But then I just I take a step back and I say, was that just this week, or is Vic going to do this more often? Because if it's me personally, I'm doing this all the time. I loved it. So what do you guys think? Are, are those two temporary things? Are they things that we'll continue to see in the future? Is it one and one? Brent Rippon is temporary unless you find out that he can be a backup for the future. I mean, that's to me that that's that's not where the long term implications of this game rest. I mean, it's a cool story that that Brent Rippon came out, did some good things, had some throws he, he wants to have back. I think the blitzing is more interesting because you it's a reminder that. Without Vaughn Miller, and you didn't have Jerry Atakshu tonight, you're not going to have Jarrell Casey. You're going to have to do some creative things to to generate pressure. You're going to have to take some risks, and that means guys on the back end are going to have to be able to hold up. So I think you've found something here. Maybe you're not going to use it as much in the future. I mean, they were blitz heavy. They they were blitz heavy tonight. I think uh, uh, next gen stats. Uh, had had a, had a stat about that that said this is the most the Broncos have blitzed since Vic Fangio became their head coach. So you're not going to see as much of that in the future, but you're going to see elements of it. They use Josie Jewell effectively in pass rush, which is something that we've talked about, that he's not who you want in coverage, but he can help you in the box against the run, and he can help you if you bring him on the blitz. So um, those are the kind of things that you're the kind of things that you're encouraged by kind of the the tactical things and seeing in the case of Jewel and Alexander Johnson, finding better ways to use them than perhaps the Broncos have in the first three games before today. Absolutely. Um, I think that, I don't know. I think there's a lot you can build on from this game. Um, I thought they noticed it early in the season uh, with what I'm calling downhill Josie. Downhill Josie is legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have him moving forward, you've got yourself a good football player. You you ask him to go backwards, you're going to be in trouble. Now, I will say this. Two different times tonight, great coverage off of backs out of the backfield by Josie Jewell. So uh, he gets a hand from me because, you know, he's obviously worked on that and gotten better. And he's a guy who takes coaching. So it's not surprising that he's going to get better at that. But downhill Josie is a legitimate weapon for your defense and he can make plays for you so i think they learned that that is something they have to rely on uh i think they obviously learned that demar dotson is a tenfold upgrade <laughs> over elijah wilkinson which shot what a shocker uh, this same thing happened last year when it took them four weeks to figure out how to get the best 22 players on the field uh that can't happen in the future for vic fangio um and, and i think they learned a few things out here tonight so the un- I wish they had a, a a weaker team next week where, you know, I, I can paint the picture of going to two and three a lot more clearly. And then if you can paint that picture, you can easily paint the picture of going to three and three the week after that. But, you know, the goal all along was to stay afloat while Drew Locke is out. And it's not a great place to be. But if you can somehow get to two and four, if that's what it's going to be before Drew Locke gets back, if he gets back the week after that, or heck, if he gets back in the Miami game, you're at least not completely dead in the water. It's going to take a, a big effort, but 
you're not completely dead in the water. Oh, I love the I love the positivity, but Ryan, what what you can't then do is just stop it two and four. You got to go one hmm. more week to the bye, and whether Drew's back, whether it's Blake Bortles, whether it's Jeff Driscoll slash Brett Rippin, whether it's Brett Rippin slash Jeff Driscoll, whatever it is, you got to play the Kansas City Chiefs, yep. and then it's and then it's two and five. And so what this means is it is. Crucial. You, you dug yourself a massive hole going 0-3. And injuries have built up over that time. But you were, you know, a fairly healthy team con- considering uh, what an NFL is like in week one. And you lost that game to the Titans. So you built yourself a big hole. But what it means is you have to beat the Patriots. If we're talking playoffs this year, you got to beat the Patriots. And then you have to beat the Dolphins at home. Then you're right there at 3-3. Three and three. Then you're going to drop the game against the Chiefs. But then you're three and four heading into a bye. And you look back and you're three and one in your final four games before the bye. So you, you can't go to two and four. You just can't because then if you're at two and five, uh, you know, a miracle's got to happen. Yeah, I, I think you're ex- exactly right, Zach. I mean, really, what we're talking about, these scenarios involve the Broncos pulling off some upsets in the second half of the season that it's hard to conceive them getting basically all this is it's shrinking their margin for error down, down, down to the tiniest amount. And while you're going to get AJ Boye and you're going to get drew, you're going to get drew lock back and you're going to, and Noah fancy injury doesn't sound like it's, it's serious. So that's a appears to be a bullet dodge for the Broncos. You're still asking them to do it without Jarrell Casey. And you're still asking them to do it without, um, without Von Miller and Cortland Sutton. And that still may be too, too much to ask, but now at least you can kind of squint and see the possibilities of not going through November and December with every game having no meaning beyond, okay, can Drew Locke take another step forward to proving he's the guy? So that, that's, that's what you have. You kept, you kept hope alive. And sometimes yeah. that's, the, that's the only thing you can do. Well, and a great point coming in from Mr. Brandon's Baker says, didn't Zach and Mace predict 0-3 and making the playoffs? And I know Mace did right before the season. I was there until Von Miller's injury, and then I came back on that right before week one. And I went 0-3 to then going 8-8 and just missing the playoffs. But it is kind of crazy when you take another step back and see, okay, okay, you know what? It's, It's not crazy to do that, of course. When we both said that, even when I had the Broncos going eight and eight, I did not predict Drew Locke being out for some time. Uh, and I, there's this chance Drew Locke's back against New England. I just don't think he's going to be 100%. And if you have Drew, I think you have a chance against New England. If you don't, I think that chance is like super, super slim. And I saw yeah. a couple people on Twitter say that uh, there was apparently a uh, a scene from the game where after Melvin Gordon's touchdown, Drew fist bumped him and then grabbed his shoulder in pain. Yeah. Um, not a great sign. But also we have a uh, commenter, Nick Simons here saying, uh, stay afloat for Locke. Do you really think it would be better with him? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I do think the Broncos would be better with by far the best quarterback on their roster on the field. I, I, why is this a question? I mean, their, re- their record might not be better because I still think they would have lost the Bucks and the Steelers. But I think that's that, not that, what that he was been, saying. Right, He's but, saying, do you think the team right. will be better with Drew Locke? They will be. And you know what? The thing is, even if even if they'd lost to the Bucks with Drew Locke, there's no way they lose 28-10 and turn in such a desultory performance with him out there. So 
this team would be 0-3, but I, I'd, I'd be talking about it, at least from my perception, saying, yeah, they're 0-3, but they're getting stronger. They're, they're finding their form that they're about, they're about to get back on track, kind of uh, like I predicted. So, you know, it's, it does matter. And, yeah, you feel a lot more confident with Drew Locke going to New England because, unfortunately for the Broncos going forward, tonight they played one of the dumbest teams in the NFL. And you're turning around in 10 days, and you're playing perhaps the smartest team in the NFL. So what you did tonight, it ain't going to work in Foxborough. Yeah, and and I knew people were going to be having this take potentially after the at halftime. I thought people were going to be having it. But let's take another step back, which I think we need to do a lot here. Brett Rippon had a 67 passer rating. Guys, if this game was against the Patriots, uh, the Chiefs, the Falcons, I'll, I'll throw a mediocre team in there, the Chargers, and Brett Rippon, or the Broncos quarterback, has a stat line of 19 of 31, 242 yards, two touchdowns, three picks, including a pick six. What is the score of this game? I mean, in my mind, the Broncos aren't coming close to a win. Yeah, it's I mean, I'm just the crazy thing is I'm looking at the stats here and I just can't get over how good Vegas is and DraftKings Sportsbook is. They had Brett Rippon completions at 18 and a half. He had 19. They had Brett Rippon touchdowns at one and a half. He had two. It's like, how do they continue getting this within half yards every time? It just blows my mind. Uh, that's a side point, though. They have to play a much, 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 much better game if they're going to beat the Patriots. But like I said, anything can happen on any given Sunday. You get a pick six early in the game. You have a bounce go your way, a muffed punt, this, that, the other thing, and all of a sudden you get some some momentum. So do I think they're going to beat the Patriots as it stands right now? No, of course I don't. But you just never know. Quickly, Zach, you're all about taking steps back tonight. So let's take a step back and talk about our good friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. The presenting sponsors of this live show, if you're watching us on the live, a big shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. I don't know if you guys followed along, but we, we invented a drinking game tonight called Thirsty Night Football and uh, had a little drinking game going, uh, and it was fantastic. Although I had to slow down a little bit because all of our finish your beer if started hitting. The only one that didn't hit was if the Broncos do an onside kick while they're leading. But you had uh, finish your beer if Joe Flacco comes into the game. That hit. Finish your beer if the Broncos win. That hit. And I believe there was one more. Oh, finish the finish your beer if uh, the teams combine for over 50 points. <laughs> so uh, thank, thankfully for everyone watching, I would be um, having a hard time putting sentences together. If I played in full, I had to cheat a little bit. But a lot of other people played, and they had their Breck Brews going. Uh, shout out to our guy Tanner, who came down to the DNVR bar today. Uh, came all the way in from Kansas City. Uh, first thing he did when he got to Denver, came to the DNVR bar, ordered himself two RK specials. Uh, had a great time. Got to come check out the studio. And so a uh, big shout out to him and everyone who came down for the game and had themselves some Breck Brews. That's what you do when you come to the DNVR bar. You br you drink Breck beers. We've got all sorts of them uh, on tap. So wherever you get your beer, make sure you get yourself some Breck Brews. And another big shout out to Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums. Go Josh Watson for getting the call up for tonight's game. But they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com to enter a chance to win free DNVR shirt 
or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. And since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com to enter to win free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. And most importantly, get set up with the free consultations at Chevalier Mortgage, Michael Chevalier, N MLS 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. All right, uh, Mace, you were in on all the press conferences with the guys after the game. Uh, what did we learn from them? Anything interesting? What were some of your favorite quotes? Tell us what we what we missed. Well, let's start with uh, the little bit of Vic Fangio wisdom uh, that he dropped. Well, first of all, he talked about how uh, what happened at the end of the game, pulling the guys off. He's you know, uh, guys were pissed of pissed as he said. <laughs> Uh, after what went down with uh, Brett Rippin getting those two, getting absorbing those two hits when the Broncos were just trying to run out the clock, so he waved them off. But uh, of Uncle Vic's uh, words of wisdom tonight: winning has cured more ills than penicillin. Yeah, we we talked about that earlier. Brandon Perna, <laughs> yes, said definitively that is not sound medical advice. <laughs> it, it, most definitely not. It's uh, like the old Jack Handy line from Saturday Night Live where. He's he said, Dad always said that laughter was the best medicine. I guess that's why several of us died of tuberculosis. <laughs> God, <laughs> the inter uh, Did you guys talk a little about uh, our guy Devonte Bosby? We did. We mentioned yeah. him as one of the guys that somehow we know better than the coaching staff that they should be out there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we see Demar Dotson and Devonte Bosby. Now, what Fangio said was that is saying Bassey quote, got a little winded, unquote, at the end of the first half. And that led to going with Devontae Bosby. But, I mean, you went from having a guy who was giving a huge cushion. I mean, you watch Bosby, and he was giving a 7, 8, 10-yard cushion uh, at the snap, and he was kind of caught in no man's land, and the Jets got a couple of first downs because they found the target underneath and taking advantage of that cushion that Bassey was giving him. Well, Devontae Bosby, he doesn't fit that mold. He's somebody who's going to come up, attack, be aggressive, uh, make plays on the ball, and he was tougher to throw against. So hopefully Vic will get religion on this, get, get boss be full tilt on the 53 man roster and have him be the number three cornerback for as long as AJ Boye, AJ Boye remain, remains out. Of course, he talked about having confidence in Brandon McManus. If you don't have confidence in Brandon McManus, uh, I mean, what's, what, what's, what's wrong with you? Like to like what Brett Rippon said, he kind of did some kind of technical breakdowns as far as what happened, what coverage uh, he was seeing, uh, how he adapted to it. Just, you know, just it was good to frankly see some happiness, see some smiles from from the Broncos players. Bradley Chubb in particular, even though he wasn't smiling a lot, Bradley Chubb seemed like he had dipped himself in a bucket of liquid confidence that wasn't there before. And maybe for him, you talk about how this game, even though you played a bad team, this game can provide a launching point, some long-term positives. Bradley Chubb could be the, the one who benefits the most from this. 
I really, I completely agree with you. Um, a three sack game, all of a sudden you're out from, you know, you're out from under the rock. Um, and all of your goals coming into the season are probably within reach again when you're Bradley Chubb. Uh, 10 sack season, 12 sack season, 15 sack season. All of these things are reachable now because you went and had a game like this. I, I, they've got him for two and a half right now. They have to give him three. I, I don't understand how he can have two and a half. Um, <laughs> well, I, it, it's funny that you're going that way. I think like Perna, I'd probably go the other way because on one of those sacks, it was really Shelby Harris that like tripped his leg and Bradley Chubb just fell on him when he was already going to the ground. But Did he I touch mean, him? Did Bradley Chubb? I mean, no, did Shelby Harris touch him? Yeah, he yanked. I mean, he was okay. the one that like caused him to go down. If he touched um, him, I'll give him the half. But if I so, thought it was his own guy that bumped into him that knocked him down. I think it was Shelby getting the foot. So I think that's probably where the half is coming in. And I think he got credit for the full and Sam went down. Some commenter here saying Bradley Chubb drip, dipped himself in Breck brews. Yes. Also known as liquid confidence. <laughs> uh, Breck brews, especially RK specials. Those are really get you gassed up. Um, They've got some way. time to, uh, to maybe dip into a Breck brew or two now that they have a long week. Oh uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say here at the bar. Unfortunately, last call has come and gone here at the mm. DMVR bar. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Bradley Chubb has to feel great going into next week. Uh, Cam Newton is a sackable quarterback. Just ask Von Miller. Um, you you can you can go from three to five really quick next week if you have a good game. Of course, you're not going to be going up against. Okay, really quick on the Jets. What are they doing with Makai Becton out there? After every play, he's grabbing his chest as if like, like he just lost a dear member of his family or something. Like, I couldn't believe your first round pick. You're just hanging him out to dry like this, just because you said you're only going to use him in an emergency situation and on the damn near the first play of the game, you're uh, you're the guy that you put in there. Like, have some understanding of the future. This is Thursday night football against the Broncos. You're zero and three. What are you doing with Makai Becton on the field? Just another example of just how competent that organization is. And also, that's not an emergency in my mind. An emergency is uh, your left tackle and right tackle get hurt, or two of your left tackles get hurt during the game. Then that's an emergency. Uh, an emergency isn't just being a backup. So I totally agree. That is just terrible foresight. And for a guy who is just your first-round pick, he's playing really well so far this season. Yeah, I, I mean – I just I can't believe they I truly can't believe they did that. It's uh it's shocking to me that they would be that I don't know. The, the word of the week, right? Malpractice. That was malpractice. <laughs> uh and, and then of course they put out some other guy and uh and their offensive line is a wreck, but confidence is everything. Uh and so I'm with you Mace. I think that you know Bradley Chubb could really make something of this. Any anything else interesting from the boys? Mm. Uh, not really. I thought they'd bring in a couple more guys, but uh, they had to get going, go catch their flight. But uh, again, just uh, just nice to see them happy for a change. Nice to see some smiles. Absolutely. Okay, guys. As we as we get towards the end, uh, you know the end here. Um, do you? I don't know. A lot of people coming into this game talking about tanking for Trevor, and honestly. There was a moment there where the Jets had a drive to kick a game-winning field goal where I thought, wow, that's really where the conversation is going to go this week. Uh, Zach, is it officially time to take Tank for Trevor out behind the woodshed and, and dig it a hole? 
It is. And for us, we never really talked about that. We said if the Broncos go to 0-4 and lose this game, then at least I thought it was a very good possibility that the Broncos, that we should at least be talking about it. But you know what? They didn't go to 0-4, and you saw what a tank for Trevor team looks like. They don't have to do anything. The Jets just got to keep being the Jets and they won't have to worry about Sam Darnold anymore because, and they won't have to worry about Adam Gase because they'll have, uh, you know, maybe Dabo Sweeney and Trevor Lawrence up there in New York next year. Can you really see Dabo working in New York? No. No. For, for for the right for the right price, yeah, absolutely. I I don't know. I Whatever think. the Jets can pay him, Clemson can pay him just as much. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they, they Clemson has the original booster club. Ipte used to stand for I pay ten a year back when <laughs> it was formed, and uh, ten probably is a now it's more like I pay a thousand a year, so it should be Ipte. <laughs> and, and we've got a, a couple comments here saying like. We'll be back to tank for Trevor after being blown out by the Pats. I, I mean, no. you might. I I just you. How are you possibly going to beat up the Jets for being the worst team in the NFL, especially now that you have a head-to-head win over them? Uh, well, I just well, don't think it's possible. Well, head-to-head doesn't matter in the dra- in the draft tiebreak. But what I mean is that's yeah. basically two because yeah. you have a win and mm-hmm. they you know they, it, it, it's a two-game swing there. Right. Well, and and with with this, I said it. I know Mace disagreed with me earlier in the week, but I said this was the Jets' best chance to get a win this season was tonight. So now I can realistically see them going 0-16, where this wasn't the Broncos' best chance of getting a win. The Broncos are going to get more wins throughout the season. Now, it may not come until after the bye. It may not come until Drew Locke has been back for a couple of uh, weeks after the bye. I'm not saying the Broncos are going 8-8 eight and eight or making the playoffs or anything like that, to get more wins, the Jets—they may not get a single one. Yeah, and, and I looked it up, Zach. You can get plus seventeen hundred odds on the on the Jets to go winless right now. So, uh, if you're feeling good about that, you can make some money off of it. Plus seven, really? Wow, my buddy let me wrong. He said it was at, it was at minus or was it plus one ten? Oh no, it's definitely not that. At least, it, hey, maybe he's got a bad bookie. We've got DraftKings Sportsbook over here. They're giving out good prices. Uh, so, oh, people, DNVR Bar still uh, still having a good time down there. I love to love to see it. Um, so now, with all of us in agreement that Tank for Trevor is gone, I want to ask you guys a question uh, about the future here and what it could mean. Uh, but before we do that, quickly, a shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group, and they will hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. I've got my Sonicare at home. Uh, it's 11 p.m. You know, I, j- I can't wait to get there and just get the Sonicare on the teeth. And, uh, and you know, there's just no better feeling than those smooth Sonicare teeth as you're heading to bed. So head over to Green Mountain Dental Group. They'll hook it up. Diehard Colorado sports fans over there, just the kind of people you want to get hooked up with. Uh, and they are the best damn family-owned dentist group in the metro area. So check out Green Mountain Dental Group, schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam, and get in on your free Sonicare toothbrush. And if you're dying to get out on the golf course, good news for you. You don't have to wait till tomorrow morning or Saturday morning to do that. Just download WGT Golf. It's the most popular golf game in the world. And 
You can also play with us when you do it. So go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf. Just going there, it's free. It lets WGT know that you want to play with us. So go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT. And then get in our clubhouse. We got three going right now, and the one that's open is DNVR3. So go to the clubhouse section, search for DNVR3. That's DNVR and the number three next to it to join our clubhouse, and that'll get you access to all of the awesome tournaments that we got going on. We had our first major last week where we gave out $300 in cash prizes. So get in on it. Start practicing now. Get in on our tournament this week and play with us. So go to dnvrgolf.com to make sure that you get in on WGT. Okay, so the question I have for you guys is now that we can, you know, put put Tank for Trevor away, which was never really out in the first place, but it was for a lot of people. What is this season about? You've both, uh, Zach, you've said that they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, I think most people think that it's an outside shot, especially if they don't win this week. If they win this week, well, we can start having that conversation again. But unfortunately, it feels like we've entered into no man's land, which is really what you don't want to be. Not bad enough to get a really great pick, not good enough to make the playoffs. Um, And so you have to find other things to aim for within the season. Uh, Mace, I'll start with you. What is the goal of this season right now? Let's assume that playoffs are off the table while they are not, but just for the sake of conversation, if they're not going to make the playoffs, what are you looking for? Uh, as the season progresses, the goal is to find out if Drew Luck is your long-term quarterback. That's that's it. It comes back to what, in terms of individual evaluation, was always the highest priority. Now, obviously, you're losing these games now, but if you get him back by the Kansas City game, if you can keep him healthy, you have ten games to figure that out. And the other thing that comes into play, unfortunately, is that if he doesn't stay healthy, if he sustains a third injury in the course of a sixteen-month span, yeah, that too is going to be part of the decision that you have to figure out as you head into twenty twenty-one. And there's a lot of layers to it. If if the Broncos, let's say in those ten starts, the Broncos go six and four, and Drew Lock plays well, then and he stays healthy then you feel pretty good he's your guy, although you probably want to make sure you've got the backup position backstopped, and that's where if Brett Rippon starts against New England, it's going to be key for him to see how he follows this up and uh, see if he can correct some of the mistakes. If he struggles, let's say that he struggles in the Bronco. Let's say the Broncos, by the time Drew Lock gets in there, let's say that they're 2-4. and four. But then he gets back in for those 10 games, and they go 3-7. and seven. So... You're finishing five and eleven. That's not putting you in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, but is it putting you in the Justin Fields Trey Lance conversation? That's something that you're going to have to figure out. Don't pick the third quarterback. Just, just don't. Uh, well, I guess it depends on on what. Uh, hey. No, no, no. The what year? Oh, well, was that Josh Allen who was picked third? He was picked third, and Lamar Jackson was picked fifth. Right, but. <laughs> Our, uh, our guy was picked fourth, and that's not looking too good right now. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's kind of some weird land because you want to make sure that you love one of those two quarterbacks if you're not in the, the Trevor Lawrence. You don't just want to pick a guy to like him. But, hey, may, maybe you do end up loving one of those guys. And to me, it comes down to not getting caught up in the moment. It's about taking a step back and making sure that you really find out what Drew Locke is when he's 100%. And if he's going to only get to 95% this year, well, that's fine. You know, close enough. Don't rush him out to 
stay ahead in the playoff race. And don't don't do that because that is so short-sighted. Because, guys, if we're talking about Drew Locke only getting the final four games of the season because he goes out there against New England, gets hurt, and then misses you know so many more games, that's going to be the worst thing when we're talking about a uh, 6-10 Broncos team and we're saying – uh, we we didn't see enough from Drew Locke this year. That is the worst thing to happen from this year. So for me, I'm okay with holding him out until after the bye. And then nine games is still a great sample size to see what he is. And you'll know if he's the guy or if he's not. Uh, Zach, one notable quarterback uh, you might have heard of that went third in the stack was uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm with you guys. The scary thing is, and again, I'll touch wood a million times while I'm saying this, is if you put Drew Locke out there again and he and you can't protect him again and he gets hurt again, well, now you're in super no man's land mm-hmm. where you don't have an evaluation on him. Although your evaluation might be that he gets hurt too easily. And, and while injuries, I believe, are fluky, it also can, it also can be something that's tracked. Uh, and unfortunately, you can't have your franchise riding on a guy who continuously gets hurt. Now, it is way too soon, in my opinion, to put that label on Drew Locke now, and a lot of people want to do that now. Uh, but, you know, if he can play 10 games for you to finish this season, and while wins and losses are important in the end, you don't need to be too caught up in the wins and losses without him having, you know, who should be a starting right tackle, who's without him having his best wide receiver, et cetera, et cetera, you get the point. What you need to see is just the signs. And it's, and as a professional football club, you should be able to identify those signs. Now, the Broncos have been pretty poor at identifying those signs. Um, look no further than them not seeing it in Brett Rippon and seeing it in Jeff Driscoll uh, to get us to this point. But you should be able in 10 games to make a clear evaluation of Drew Locke's, uh, a Drew Locke. And really, it would end up being 15 games total that you've seen from him uh, if he plays in 10 games to finish the season or maybe even 11 to get you to 16 games, you should have an evaluation. And that's what this season's about. Now, all of that can change. All of that can change. In 10 days when the Broncos go to Foxborough and they have a chance to get themselves to two and three against the Patriots. Is it unlikely? Absolutely. It's it's in, extremely unlikely. They'll probably be over over a touchdown underdogs maybe even upwards of, of double-digit underdogs going into that game. But if they do it, if they somehow, some way, get a couple bounces to go their way and pull off an upset, we really – I don't know about you. I will be talking about the playoffs being on the table uh, when, it, when push comes to shove. So it's weird to say it, but we said it going into this week, you know, that this week would completely determine the narrative about this team going forward. All right, they got over that hump. Well, unfortunately, they go right back into it. Next week will completely determine the narrative about this team going forward, I believe. Really, really quick, um, just because you made me look like a fool, I got to flip the tables on you. Patrick Uh Mahomes was the second quarterback taken. He went before Watson, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but either way, you're doing all right with either of them. (laughs) You found him. I guess, yeah. Deshaun Watson, how do you like that? Yeah. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes second, though. (laughs) What? So what pick did Mahomes go? Tenth. And 10. Mahomes went, or Watson went twelfth, right? Or sorry, and Watson went twelfth. I believe exactly, so. exactly. Jeez. Two big trade ups. A lot of teams kicking themselves. 
Um, crazy. Either way, a notable quarterback that went third, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> a notable quarterback that went third. Paxton, Paxton Lynch. Lynch. <laughs> Paxton Lynch. I, I think though there's a difference between the third quarterback going in the top 12 picks compared with the third quarterback going at pick 26, though. Unfortunately, yeah, that late first round, that's a da- that is a danger zone historically. Yep. Lamar Jackson, there's always someone you can exactly, point to. Exactly, exactly. But Jim Druckenmiller, whose name came up on the broadcast tonight, also went 26th and he was the last quarterback before Brett Rippon to win his first start with at least three interceptions. What was his name? That. Jim Druckenmiller. He was a very good quarterback at Virginia Tech, drafted by the 49ers, absolutely did not translate. By the end of his career, he was in the first iteration of the XFL. That's how bad he was. He so must have had a good nickname. Oh, Druck. Man. They get, he had in the XFL because they had nicknames on their jerseys back then. He, it just read Druck. That's all he did. Nice. I was yeah. thinking like the Drucken Fighter or something like that. Uh, so he had just a little bit better of a career than Paxton. Just a little, not not much. But he had he did have that one moment, and I think it was I want to say he was a third team quarterback that kind of just like Brett Rippon got thrust into the lineup. Of course, Brett Rippon undrafted. Drucken Miller amazingly was a first round pick, like I said, at that at that twenty sixth spot. So uh, it is what it is. Well, guys, it's going to be an interesting ten days uh, for the Denver Broncos. I'm curious to eventually hear what uh, what Vic Fangio has to say about Demar Dotson. Did he sp- did he speak on him at all tonight? Uh, I don't believe he did. Uh, so someone's going to have to ask him tomorrow. Uh, I'm excited to watch the film on Dotson specifically to see if he was as good as I thought he was. I know he missed a run block, but run blocking really isn't his forte in the first place. Um, it'll be really interesting as they go forward if you know they realize the mistakes they've made and are able to capitalize on some of the things they did right. Um, Broncos have a chance. You know, they it's 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 slim. They put themselves in a hole, but somehow, some way, they started better than they did last year. Uh, they got a win. Everyone has 10 days to ride high on this one. So that's my advice to Broncos country as we get ready to sign off here. Got to, the Broncos cannot lose a football game for 10 more days. Just try and take this one and enjoy it before, uh, before you know you have to start thinking about another game. Uh, I think you'll find it to be cathartic. Uh, and one more time before we go, a shout-out to Green Mountain Dental Group. Go schedule that cleaning. Go schedule that x-ray. Go schedule that exam and get a Sonicare toothbrush for free from our good friends down at Green Mountain Dental Group. They've been a supporter of DNVR for a long time. So whenever you need your dental work done and and maybe you uh, aren't satisfied with your current dentist group or you haven't found one here, if you're new to town, make sure you remember that those guys take care of us and they'll absolutely take care of you too. Uh, So that's going to wrap it up for us on this edition of a winner's lounge uh and just like the nuggets we got the funky music and everything it felt good shout out to everyone who tuned in and we will talk to you tomorrow on the dnvr broncos podcast see you later